Hello and welcome to this episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by Mama Red Knight. How are you doing, Mama Red? I'm awesomely keno cool. How are you tonight, darling? Very well. Uh, well, in this episode, we're going to get into repurposing and the online course creators process and thinking about processes. But Mama Red, before we get into it, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah. Um, my name is Mama Red Knight, and I have a company called Tame the Beasties. And the beasties are those things that threaten to derail you your success. They're not necessarily hateful. They're not really trying to be mean, but they have their own mind, kind of like our kids do, you know, when we don't want them to have a snack and they're going to have one or else. Um, and that, that's the beasties. They, they may be the content beastie. Your class, you know, where do you get the content? How do you create the content? The mindset went, well, who am I to create content? I don't know anything about creating content. And I've been at this for longer than many of you listening have probably been on the planet. I think we discussed that before the call, but I actually got my start in technology in the 70s. But what I really care about is not technology. No offense to your technology, because I love it, Chris. <laughs> but it's, it's not about the technology. It's about the message. And my personal mission is to get voices heard, messages shared, and the world transformed. And I happen to go about that by helping business owners get their message scooped up and wrapped together, for instance, and things like classes. And the whole reason I even started looking at um, Lifter is I had somebody asking me about co online course creation. And so I started researching the tools because I'm a geek or geekette. And so I started looking at them and there were certain things I was looking for. So my thing is, how can we make sure that your message message, yours and those listening, gets out there in the broadest way possible. And the basic definition of repurposing is write it once, use it a bunch of times. That's, That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, we had a, uh, a, like three podcasts. I think they were called uh, How to Monetize Your Blog, How to Monetize uh, Your Podcast, and How to Monetize Your Book. Because a lot of people have all this content that really gives them a leg up and if they want to make the transition into creating online courses. So we just wanted to put that message out there, especially authors and, and bloggers. I mean, they have way <laughs> so much time developing content and concepts that they're in the perfect position to begin creating a course. But tell us, I know you're kind of a repurposing expert. Let's dive into that. Tell us more about repurposing. Well, first of all, let's talk about it in terms of what people know. Um, people make it into a big thing. You see massive blog posts on it and courses on it. I even have one that I developed myself a while back. I ought to put that one in Lifter, shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have enough content that I could probably drown a small town. I just have to get it all together just like I teach others to. But repurposing is not a big mystery. Um, you do that every day when you go to a spice shelf and you use, you know, cinnamon for 12 recipes in your cookies for Christmas or whatever. So you do it naturally. It's the same or, you know, the types of things. Um, if I recall correctly, you've got a lot about like organic gardening and sustainability and things like that. And when we talk about sustainability, we're talking about repurposing in a lot of ways. We're talking about using what is there. So what happens in when it comes to content is, I would say 80% of the people 
struggle with even the concept of it, but let's just make it simple. You create something and you use it in as many ways as possible. And it can start with something as little as 100 characters to 120 characters. Um, that's called a tweet-sized tidbit in my world. And you can build up from there. And I get so frustrated because people with amazing messages that are out there, they're stuck because, well, do I use Lifter or this? Do I do um, Pinterest or Zoom? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Those aren't even in the same family. You know, they're kind of like different things. But the thing people need to understand is to get really clear on who they want to talk to. Who's their message for? And I talk about it as if you want somebody to sit down across the table in your dining room and have a conversation. You know, who is that person? Um, when you know that, we can look at what kind of content best suits that person and what kind of delivery method. And there's two ways we can look at it when it comes to um, the lifter environment, the, the online you know, e-training e-learning market and that is you can start with the small stuff and build up to a course or you can kind of deconstruct your course and turn it into reusable bits that and makes a lot of sense that makes a yeah. lot of sense why you don't come at it from either direction you know go ahead so what where do people get stuck when they're trying to repurpose my experience is in what i call the tech beastie and the tech beastie is, well, do I do this or that or this or that? Or, oh, my God, I, can't, I hate video and I don't want to do video. Or I couldn't, you know, draw a stick figure with a pen and somebody guide my arm. So there's that side of it. But I think the flip side, which is almost even more insidious, is the mindset beastie. Well, who are you to create a class? You really don't have anything different to say than what Chris said. You know, I mean, what, look at that last podcast he did oh my god i'm afraid to do a podcast because i don't know if i like my voice right. <laughs> so, so that's I, the other beastie if i've been blogging for five years and i'm oh lord and if i've been thinking about creating a course why how does the mindset get in the way for me like what am i too close to my knowledge or yes. am i undervaluing my content or what yes <laughs> you hit right on the button we can stop now <laughs> what else is in there um i think what happens is one when you've been blogging that long you have so much that you've lost track of what you have i've heard and that called the curse of knowledge it is expertitis uh, yep and i had the problem because I was talking to somebody the other day about this exact topic. It's a real passion for me. And I was going to try and show her something. And I had this half-started course of some sort. So I pulled it up, and she, then I showed her to show her something else. I pulled something else out, and she just sat there. And all of a sudden, she said, what is wrong with you? You have all this stuff. And I think one of the, the traits of solopreneurs and very, you know, the small micro business owner is we're either really, really narrow in our focus and we think nobody cares or there's not enough people to create a course for, which I dispute, or we get so close to our own stuff, we don't think we have anything to say and we can't see it. And I'll share a story with you. It's a pretty similar, only it's a different medium. Every business is in the content business. I want everybody to understand that. I don't care what you call yourself. You're in the content business. And so I was talking to this wonderful woman, and she happened to be this amazingly talented healer. 
and she swore on Bibles about 12 feet tall that she didn't have any content. And I said, I'll bet you, you do. And we had this coaching session. So this and is like this is like content that's not written down. It's not on a website anywhere. It's, it was in recording. No, this one happened to be in a set of 40 recordings. Okay. 40. And I said, what? You have no content. What do you mean you have no content? But it was, I teased it out through a process of saying, what have you been doing? And she had been in business five years. Her problem then was too much content. And that is the same for the blogger. So what I gave her, and this is an assignment I would give to your listeners, um, get really clear on who you want to talk to today. (laughs) Don't worry about forever, but you know, I know. I just want to agree with you. Like we, you know, I have a technology company and we sell a online course platform, Lifter LMS, but that is so secondary to getting clear on that who and getting your vision and your process figured out first. The mm-hmm. technology can come later. Well, and you can hire for technology. And I think that's where that other piece comes in is let's say we've got this blogger who's listen to our podcast says oh my gosh he's right I do I have five years and more than likely if you go and do kind of a an analysis that called looking in your content pantry you know just like you're at home and you're going golly what are we going to have for dinner tonight dear well go looking in your content pantry look at what you already have and then start with where you have the most you know you, you typically if you've been blogging for that five years and just for those of you that just started you have it too don't think you don't you typically have a lot and you have a thread if you will you have a topic that has been something you really enjoy and so start there don't try to analyze and inventory you know that five years worth and then take one small bit of it and i think the other mistake we make is when we got expert itis we think we have to teach you starting from the time you turn on the power button um, or what a mouse is. And I've taught at that level, but you need to look at that who again, what do they already know? And then understand that you can quadruple, quadruple four times your content. If you think the way I'm going to tell you, every bit of content that you create can be quadrupled because there's four types of content. There's text, image, audio, and video. And if every time you look at it, you think, oh my God, I only have to write that one little bit, you know, or I only have to do this one thing. And start with where you're strong. If you geek out on video, go for the video, you know, have at it, do it, make that your strength. But on the other hand, if you're good at text, which I happen to be, I didn't put my stuff out there because I didn't think it was okay for it to be text. And some screenshots or, you know, stupid little pictures that I like. I call them the bubble heads. You know, that wasn't okay. So I just didn't do anything. So wherever you're good, start. I know people who uh, who don't like video because it, it can be slower than reading. And some, depending upon who your who is, they may prefer just to read, see pictures, and, you know, maybe have a downloadable action plan you know, and with no audio or video. And I think that is so perfect. And I I wish you'd been around when I started on the online world in 2007, because I was following some of the biggie wiggies that had the big names that had been at this a while. 
I for, I didn't realize they had teams and all this other kind of stuff, you know, to help them. But I I was trying so hard to match what they were doing that I did nothing. Right. So, and start small. Start small because I have a, a ebook out there that I wrote that starts with 120 characters. How you can start with 120 characters and build up to your e-course, to your book of the century, you know, to whatever it is you want to create. Because when you write in little bits, it's a lot easier. And that came because I was helping somebody um, tweet. <laughs> and we were wanting her to tweet with a strategy. Mm-hmm. So we wanted her to build little bits because she was overwhelmed. She was a mom. She had a couple really young kids at home. She's like, I barely have time to brush my teeth, let alone write a course. And so I said, well, can you, can you uh, write a tip? Well, yeah, I can do that. I said, well, okay, what if you just wrote a tip? At the end of the week, you'd have seven tips if you wrote one a day. She's like, oh. Well, yeah. And I said, and then we could group those seven tips and make a blog post out of it. Well, yeah. And once we create the blog post, we could then expand it and have eight blog posts. And then we could take those eight blog posts and put them in Lifter, and we have a little mini course. And then you expand that one topic, because once I got her talking, she had enough content on this just one subset of those seven that would keep her for the next year. But she hadn't broken it down into those little doable starting points. And as I tell people, um, if you haven't noticed on my work, I use cooking analogies a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but think about this. When you're just learning to cook, you usually don't start out with a 12-course meal for the Queen of England. <laughs> right. You maybe start out with grilled let's, cheese. Yeah, <laughs> let's have some grilled cheese. And then maybe let's have, you know, a steak. <laughs> so you usually, and I started out baking, so I didn't learn to really cook a regular meal until I was in my teens, but I had been baking since I was four. So think of it in terms of what you're going to cook up for somebody and take a little bit, you know, don't have guests over for a huge 12 course meal on Thanksgiving if you've got a one bedroom apartment. So when you repurpose, and if you do it with a plan in place, you have a very methodical way to get more done in typically 40 to 60% less time. That's awesome. I see uh, kind of two approaches that are common. One is like a top-down approach where people do begin with the 12-course meal with, for the Queen of England, and they build like castles in the air, as I like to say. And then it can be overwhelming to get inside of that. And then another approach is to just take it small. Like I love your, your process there for starting with a tweet and building up. And I don't think either way is right or wrong, but uh, it's important actually to embody like both a little bit. Like, you know, take a step back, look at the big picture and this, this castle you're building. But it's that journey of a thousand miles, you know, begins with a single step. So spend a lot of time just fleshing it out, especially if you're repurposing and new to uh, curation and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and developing learning content. I mean, just take it one step at a time and there's no rush. I mean, I always like to say at Lifter LMS, one of the things 
that makes me sad is to, to look around and see people with all this knowledge inside of them and just potential to help other people, you know, for avoid something or gain something. Uh, but it's, they're not sharing it. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, I mean, take your time, but don't like let life pass you by without, you know, giving yourself the opportunity to impact more people. And I think that's a commonality among those of us in the lifter community that follow around with you. It's one of the reasons I like being in your community is that you pull around you those people that do want to make a bigger difference. And everybody doesn't have to, whatever your purpose is, you know, maybe your purpose isn't to do an online course. That's okay. But I know that everybody has something to say, everybody. And the way we say it in this current day and age is through these things called social media and online courses. I told somebody one time, I don't give a flying flip about technology. And they just about fell off their chair because I'm known for understanding like which technology and which genre to use and everything. I said, I don't care. I could give a flip. Technology is a tool. Just like if I were still in the age when smoke signals were the thing. Yeah. I'd be teaching you how to walk up the side of the mountain, do, you know, flap your rug up and down (laughs) and get the signal to the next mountain. And so understand this technology is your servant, not your master. Absolutely. If you allow it to be your master, I promise you one thing, you'll be following in my footsteps and going, oh, well, I don't know enough. Or what about the tool? Hogwash. If you want to do an online course, you guys have a great done for you service. Get these guys to do it. They know their stuff. Focus on what you know best. If you are a parenting expert, focus on what it takes to get your message and then find the person that just dearly adores putting the, the back end together and have them do it for you. Absolutely. That's a, that's a really good point. It's, it's so important to focus on like, the the who's who at the learner um i want to kind of dive into that just a little bit more before we wrap it up what so if i envision i'm sitting at the table with my ideal learner or the person i want to help or serve like and i and i also have maybe a little bit of expertitis or the curse of knowledge (laughs) how do i engage in that conversation to get to get more clear on what I need to do next in terms of how I communicate or what my lessons are going to be. I love, I love your analogy of like, well, if they already know how to turn the computer on, you can, it's about what to leave out. But like Mm -hmm. if I'm having a hypothetical or even an actual conversation with my potential learner, what kind of questions should I ask them or what do I need to find out? Sure. Well, first of all, let's assume that you really are talking to a real person. Okay. As people, unless you happen to dislike people, I've got, you know, that. Let's assume that you have found somebody that you really like to work with. It could be your best friend. Start there. Make sure you're having a conversation with a real person. Um, and then start with your area of expertise. So if we started in mine, this thing with merging content and technology and processes. Mm-hmm. You know, I might say exactly what you said to me. What is it you struggle with most? That might be one way. So that's one place you can start. 
The other is, what do you like to do best? Mm -hmm. Because usually if you ask the question that way, you can get to what they don't like. Right. A lot of times can tell you what they don't like. So if they do start there or else they can say, oh, my God, you know, I really, really love not answering to a boss anymore. It's the greatest thing. I sleep until noon, but I'm up at three in the morning with ideas. Oh, my God, it's great. But you know what I hate? And listen. Yeah. But when you do that, let them talk. You're going to have to kind of play a detective. And say, well, you know what? That's the one thing I'm good at. And they've said five times, I hate doing that. <laughs> so go after the uh, the pain and the pleasure. Yes. Yeah. And the thing about it that we get into, and I've seen this over and over, and I, that's because of the you know kind of community I love to hang with. I love your term for it, expertitis. Yeah. What you know, only you know in the way you know it. I have spent a lifetime with people saying, yeah, but, you know, you make it fun to learn in this class. And I think, yeah, but it's just about type A press B. And so I would totally ignore that what I did was make learning type A press B fun. I didn't think that counted. Well, one, what, of, the, uh, one of the biggest uh, multi-million dollar grossing courses on Udemy is about how to use Excel. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's, I think that's an example of like, there's a huge market there and it may not be fun and you may have been doing it your whole life. So you're like, yeah, whatever. I know a few functions and formulas or whatever, mm -hmm. but, but there's like a sea of people you could help out there. And, you know, the thing I really love about that is that you had a, a podcast that you did talking about why would you put your course, for example, on Udemy and on your own platform. And you really made me think about it differently because I thought of them as competing things. But what you really made me understand is you could use your beginner courses on Udemy, for example. And when you think of repurposing, that's the piece you want to look at. If you've been to college or if you've ever taken any kind of course of any kind, I don't care where, they have to start at the beginning somewhere. And so you do too, whatever you need to know. And that was the other thing that as this repurposing expert that I got caught in is I didn't know where to start because, well, gee, do I start with pushing the power button you know? <laughs> right. or where do I start? And what I found was as I went backwards through what I knew about repurposing, it really came down to what I call the 10 questions. And when you know the answer to who is your who, mm -hmm. that's one, that's a huge one, but what's your why? What jazzes you up? Because I can tell you there ain't nothing more boring. Whether you have a teacher in front of the class or you're doing all, you know, video and audio, there ain't nothing more boring than sitting there listening or reading somebody who doesn't like what they're writing about. You yeah, can, you can tell. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So find out what, you're, what you really love to do. If you've got a course, I invite you to do really low-tech something. Can I give everybody a hint? Sure. Okay, get a highlighter. Old-fashioned, I know! Oh, my God! But get a highlighter. You can use a digital highlighter. And take your course and go through and just highlight things that pop out at you. And pretend you're looking for tweets. You, if you have written a bunch of blog posts, like your five-year blogger, go through some of your favorite blogs and highlight the key points that you see. Those are things you can 
pull out of, and now you have some tweets to promote your thing. <laughs> and you can take those tweets and combine them together into another thing, and maybe a mini course that you can put together on Lifter. It's three modules long on how to choose an image from a free image catalog. I think that that length is really important. Like there's, if you add enough value, you don't need seven modules with 10 lessons each. You can, if you have like a three lesson course that helps somebody, it's valuable. Like length is not important. Well, and I think that's an excellent point because when we tend to either read about the biggie wiggies, you know, that have made some big splice, the, the 16 year old that, you know, did a game and became the Uber guy. Um, we compared to them. And I remember I sat down one time to create, write a list of tips and I gave myself a half hour and I wasn't going to judge. I just was going to write a bunch of tips because I couldn't figure out where to start. I was just purely frozen in place. Mm -hmm. And in 30 minutes, I wrote 94 business tips. Now I look at some of those and think, oh my God, I'd be afraid to put that out there. I mean, Obviously, this is pretty basic. And one of them was, if you're a business owner, get a business checking account. And I thought, well, surely every business owner knows that. The next day, the same client that was we were working on the repurposing project, I happened to mention it to her, and we were giggling. And she says, I never thought of that. <laughs> You've been in business five years. Every year, taxes were a horrible struggle. Yeah. And she had to you know, run around the house getting the paperwork out from under her two-year-old's fingernails and, you know, out of the chocolate bars and everything else. And she didn't think to have it be a separate account. So she didn't have to go through so much work. And here I was thinking, oh my God, she's going to think I'm an idiot. I want to dig into that a little bit because uh, I think if we're back at the table talking to this person, uh, defining a starting point and an end point is really important. So if this person has like already kind of, cut their teeth on doing their own business for a year or two. That means you don't need to teach like some basic business stuff. Like they got it. Now they're in the survival mode and you got to teach them how to like make it real and build real systems and mm -hmm. innovate and market successfully. But you're not necessarily going to take them to a IPO on the stock exchange. Exactly. So and like, I think we forget put some bumpers, put some bumpers on your course. You don't have to take your whole repurpose everything into one like massive uh, memoir. Of <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to write war and peace, are we? Right. And the reason I got started by the way, on the Twitter size things, and I call them tidbits. And the reason I got started on it is it was a real life scenario with a, a guy who had an amazing story. Oh, it just made my heart, you know, kind of, jump because this guy had been an alcoholic and he had been a drug abuser and he had basically lost nine years with his kids because of this and he was so passionate about you know working to help other dads not lose that time with their kids but somebody had given him that write a book mantra thing yeah. and he he was flipping it. it's the same way with write a course write a book write a and people go ah, shades of my third grade teacher mrs schnuckerbuckler and she bled all over my masterpiece. And that's where he was. He was freaking out. And I said, well, wait a minute. Who would you want to talk to? Well, in the course of a 10-minute conversation, he literally switched from, he thought he wanted to talk to young fathers, 
to realizing he wanted to talk to the men who were just coming out of recovery. They just had that first step. And no, that's, said, a, that's a, I just want to highlight, that's a really specific target market. A man who just came out of recovery from addiction mm-hmm. and even a specific kind of addiction, if you wanted to do that, but that is a good target market. Not just like so. entrepreneurs or small businesses, like getting really focused is like, I, I just love hearing good target markets when I hear them. And because of Lifter LMS, I hear about niches that I wasn't even aware of. And I just, I'm fascinated by those precise markets. And I've struggled with that just so that you and, you know, the listeners know, and that's why this was really powerful for me too, is exactly that one. And it, for him, I was able to ask deeper and deeper questions. Like he was on the phone, but he was my guest at my table. And I just kept asking him these questions and I could hear it in his voice. And that's why it's so valuable to talk to somebody is they can go, God, you're really jazzed about art. Wow, Chris, that really gets, you know, gets you jazzed. And you're going, no, it's just, I'm excited. No, no, you're jazzed. Hello. And that's where you can have that marriage, if you will, between what your who is looking for, what do they need to know from you and what you're passionate about, you know, what you what you get jazzed about. And this guy got really jazzed, but he kept talking about how he was terrified to write a book. And I said, you know, write a flipping book. I said, can you write a tip? (laughs) Right. And he kind of, you could hear that (laughs) on the phone. And he said, yeah, I could do that at Starbucks. And I said, bingo. I said, so let's start with a tip. And I said, if I said to you, could you come up with 21 tips for this man who's just out of recovery whose family may not even be speaking to him right now could you come up with 21 tips that were less than two sentences well yeah i could do that i said then you just have your first book and what i would say to you as a as a course developer is you just created your first course too there's your outline there's your lesson titles yeah and so what the name of his, I don't know if he ever did it, you know, it was, that was his, but it was 21 ways to stay sober when you're just getting started. That's great. Super, super targeted. And it could be a beautiful course, don't you think? Absolutely. And a really valuable one. And that's all about that impact is when you can empower empower people who are in pain, whether it's in this case, uh, addiction recovery or, uh, somebody who's nervous about having their first baby or mm-hmm. someone who just got out of college and can't find a job. There's so many pain points that make the world a better better place if you have some expertise to share and, and some wisdom to add to that conversation. Well, Mama Red, we, we need to wrap this one up. I kind of want to leave the listeners with uh, just uh, one big takeaway. Uh, something to, to really stew on this is an incredible episode, but um, I'll give one. And then if, if you think about one, you'd like to share the big takeaway that I'm hearing in this call, there's actually two. So I'm going to cheat and do two. One of them, <gasps> you cheat. <laughs> one of them is uh, your, your who's your who like really key in on who you're serving, get out of the building, talk to these people, Skype with these people. Uh, have hypothetical conversations with them in your mind and uh, get really clear on them and what they need in their learner experience 
because it's really going to depend on who that is. And the other one is just to get really focused on your niche, on your market, on the pain and the pleasure, and also put bookends, a starting point, an end point about what your promise is. So uh, to use your example, just getting out of recovery as a man, that's a starting point. Uh, the end point would be patching up your, your life and back to as best you can before you had the issue uh, and helping that person through that process. That's an example of some good bookends. So that's, that's my uh, two tips. What's, what do you think uh, your, your big takeaway for our listeners is? Is to understand that no matter who you are, if you are over the age of six months, you have some content. You already have it. It's just digging it out and reshaping it. And understand that the technology doesn't mean squat. No offense to the guys at Lifter. I love y'all. You know, I really do. But people need to get away from understanding the technology and not make that first question that they ask me, well, what tool do you use? I see it all the time. You know, what do you use to create classes with? What's the easy um, thing? And easy is a relative term. For me, baking cookies is easy. <laughs> you know, uh, cooking a steak on the grill, I can barely figure out how to start the grill. So, you know. <laughs> It's it's understanding those, and you have a good word for it, the bookends. But more than anything, I would say um, set yourself a goal. Start it small. Make it doable for you. If you are good at text, then by gum, start with text. And if you want it fancified, hire it done. But start, because the mistake I made, and I really hope others don't, and I got really called on the carpet for it, too, to be honest, because people know that I preach, if you will, you know, your voice counts, and they're like, well, where's yours? Well, oh, <laughs> so please, you know, let the technology be your servant. Um, that's one of the ones that I really think freaks people out, especially when, it, you're doing this so get started do something that's awesome well thank Thanks you Mama Red. yeah thank you for coming on um i'm chris badgett from lifterlms.com and uh mama red where can people find out about you well pop on over to mamarednight.com and that's mama red m-a-m-a-r-e-d because Sometimes you put two in it. And if you need to get hold of me, there's a little pop-up thing that was working. Um, and I'm on social media as Mama Red. But you can also write me directly if you want to. And it's Mama Red at MamaRedNight.com. If there's something I can do to help you get started, it would be my joy and my pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, Mama Red. Thank you. Have a great one, darling. <laughs>